Hey, everybody. Welcome to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by our good friends, ProjectFilter.org. I'm Paul Kingsbury. He is Brandon Hill, and we have a great show for you today. We have Will Henneke coming in later on, talking a little eight-man football. We're going to talk the volleyball tournament that is coming up this week, as well as the state football playoffs in the month of November. A lot of stuff happening around the state of Idaho in Idaho sports, and of course, IdahoSports.com is the place to go for it. And a lot of the new stuff we have is by way of our brand new content editor, Brandon Hill. Brandon Hill came on over the summer, if you don't know, and he's been doing a great job making sure everything's organized and presented and making sure things are coming out. So, Brandon, give you a chance to introduce yourself to all the fans out there. Hey, everyone. Yeah, um, I started back in uh, about late August, right before the uh, whole athletic year um, started to get underway. Good timing. Good timing. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a fun, fun couple days to get um, my head wrapped around the whole state of Idaho and all the athletics going on. Um, I envy some of the local papers that, you know, have four, five, 16 teams to worry about. And, you know, here at Idaho Sports, we do things a little bit differently. We cover the whole state and we try to give everyone an equal shake um, and we're doing our best. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a fun couple um, months so far. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing some winter sports, finishing up football here and volleyball. And uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. Yeah, this is a fun time of year because we're we're ending and we're beginning at the same time. So state soccer got over with last week, which yeah. which gets rid of a sport. You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's how we have to look at it. You yeah. know, uh, sad to see you go, but you, you know, now now we can focus on the other sports. And so now we're heading into volleyball. We've got football, and in the meantime, uh, you know, we have basketball to prepare for because yeah. basketball's coming up. So girls basketball previews; uh, those forms are being sent out. We started getting uh, schedules in from athletic directors this week, and so we'll be getting scores en- or uh, schedules entered. And so it's a busy time here at Idaho Sports HQ, but it's a, it's, it's a fun time, and we're really looking forward to it. So as we mentioned, the first thing up is state volleyball, and state volleyball kicks off Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, let's go ahead and start with the, the 5A classification. Mm-hmm. And 5A, you know, last year, um, Madison, Skyview in, in the finals, we could very well see a rematch. Last year, Madison won that one 3-0. Uh, and, and coming back this year, Madison Skyview Timberline ranked number one in the coaches poll with Madison Skyview uh, right underneath. So uh, the five A's could look a l- very similar to how they looked last year. Yeah, I, Idaho sports reporter uh, Katie Knight, who does uh, most of our volleyball content, said, you know, Madison is the team to definitely look out for. Um, I was really impressed with them last year, and looking at what they've you know done this year, I think that they're probably my favorite to win the tournament this year. I like to look at dark horses, kind of look down a little bit down the rankings. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to pick a dark horse for each one of these tournaments. Okay. And so my, my dark horse for for volleyball that I can see kind of uh, sneaking up is Lake City. Lake, Lake City's done really well this year, um, you know, well-coached and mm-hmm. coming into the state tournament. It's going to be tough because of the Madison, the Skyviews, the Timberlines. But yeah. if, if a team's going to sneak out and do it, I think it's going to be Lake City. So let's move on to the four race now, 2018 Saw Century over Bonneville three to one, and Century, uh, you know, just a great volleyball team, great program for the Diamondbacks over there. Bonneville number one in the coaches' poll. They're thirty-four and six on the year. Uh, you know, Chantel McMurdy doing a fantastic job uh, at Bonneville High School this year, and so the four A's kind of looking the same um, with Century, Bonneville, and some of those others back in the tournament and looking to to win again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's kind of hard to keep track of, you know, how teams are doing because in volleyball there's just there's so many random mid-season tournaments and series right. and matches. 
Right. And so, yeah, it, some of those other teams do kind of fly under the radar. But I think, yeah, you're right when saying that this year, 4A might look a, a lot similar to last year when it comes down to those those final couple teams. Yeah, and you mentioned volleyball flying under the radar. We we made a concerted effort this year to do more for volleyball. It's a, it's one of those underserved sports in the state mm -hmm. because it's it's not easy to find information on. And so we we tried really hard to keep in contact with coaches this year. You, Lauren Jensen, uh, putting together coaches polls every week for volleyball, um, working really hard to get results in. And, and by doing that, we actually had a, a lot of volleyball coaches help us help them this year by, yeah. by submitting their scores, by, by letting us know we had something incorrect. And so, you know, I think volleyball was probably served best, you know, since, since I've been doing this. And that's, you know, going on a long time mm -hmm. uh, doing this. The volleyball was probably best, best covered this year on idosports.com. And so heading into the state tournament, um, you know, we've got, we've got your bracket schedule scores um, going up. Unfortunately, we can't webcast, um, video webcast those. Um, those were always a blast to do. Um, yeah. I think one of the last times we did, it was up north like it is now. And those were always fun trips to go up there and a lot of good stories uh, from those trips going up there. But that's for another, another prep cast. So <laughs> looking, at, uh, looking at the three A's coming in, uh, you know, Filer over Sugar Salem last year. Of course, Sugar Salem. You know, every sport had a Sugar Salem digger team in it in the finals one yeah. way or another, and that was one of them. Filer won 3-1 to one last year. Um, uh, this year, Sugar Salem, number one in the coaches' poll. Filer, number two. Um, and so, again, kind of like 5A and 4A, we could be seeing uh, history repeat itself in the 3As. Yeah, and I think you definitely see a, a concentrated talent pool over in eastern Idaho, especially when you get down to these lower divisions. And, yeah, Sugar Salem, like you said, any sport they're in, I'm always keeping an eye on them. They seem to be right. just so well coached across the whole school. Right, right. Uh, top to bottom, every sport. I think last year, um, yeah, I, th I can't remember which paper did. They did a great story on, basically, they did a recap of everything. They won second place, all their trophies. I mean, they had an, a, a rainbow of different colored trophies from, from every sport during the year, every tournament. So keeping an eye on them is always a good thing. Uh, a dark horse in, in the three A's. I don't know if I did my dark horse in the 4A. So I'm going to back up and say Wood River is my dark horse okay. in the 4A's. And now let's jump back to 3A. Fruitland. Fruitland, who's, okay. who's seen a, a, a kind of a downturn in their, uh, in their, in their football. Mm -hmm. I think their volleyball is going to step up. Um, their volleyball team coming in into the tournament, doing well. Um, so if, if some team is going to come up and, and maybe bite the ankles of Filer and Sugar Salem, it's going to be the Grizzlies. Yeah. All right. Let's go to 2A, my favorite classification. That's where I'm from. Uh, Back in the day, I think it was A3 uh, in New Plymouth. Now okay. it's 2A. Uh, Malad beat Firth 3-0 last year. Uh, in the coaches' poll this year, uh, the final one, uh, Malad won Firth 2. And both teams are coming out as the number one seeds in their classifications, or in their conference, excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, Firth 15-4 and four this year. Um, you know, Firth is definitely poised to make a pretty good run. Uh, Cammy Tripp at Malad, the head coach, again, just doing a phenomenal job of, of coaching uh, her team. So... Again, you know, we talked about it five, four, three, and now two. We're seeing a lot of the same teams at the top in the state volleyball tournament. Yeah. Do you think it's easier maybe to carry on your momentum year after year in volleyball? Do you see a difference in that versus maybe other sports? You know, that's a good question. Um, and, and a lot of times, look, I'm going to go back to Century. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you had Zoe Theros at Century forever, and now she's at Gonzaga. Um, Gonzaga? Gonzaga? I always say it wrong. Gonzaga. Okay. And so... Uh, it's where I was, you know, it's my, my accent, but we have, 
you know, you, have, you sometimes you get that one or two special players, yeah. and and everybody builds around them, and they build everybody up. And sometimes you get teams where there's just so much talent mm-hmm. that they build everybody. And and I think that we're we're seeing that with a lot of these. Some are both. I mean, you see it spread out on both sides. Where you know some teams, you know, a Skyview, they're just dominant, and you look at them and go, you know, who's going to beat them? Yeah. Um, they, they just do really well. And so what happens when you have su- success breeds success in a school. And so when you have a successful program, you have younger kids wanting to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And so they, they join that sport at an earlier age, and then they're brought up through the program, so to speak. And by the time they get to var- the varsity level, they know the system. They know the plays. They know the program. They know the coaches. And so it's an easier transition from uh, you know, the smallers getting into JV and then working into varsity they just fit right in, and yeah. they don't have to relearn things. And so if you have programs that struggle, um, you know, you can have a lot of success, and then a couple of years you don't, well, interest wanes. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, players, athletes to go, you know what, I'm going to play this sport instead. You know, this team, you know, doesn't, hasn't been doing so well. There's just not that interest there. So, uh, like I said, success breeds success. And so when you see these teams year after year after year, mm-hmm. it's, it's program building. And a lot has to do with the administration and the coaches. When you see coaches reaching out and doing those summer, summer camps for 6th and 7th graders, yeah. uh, those are the coaches that care about their program's uh, long, longevity. You yeah. know, coaches that see the long view work with the elementary school kids because they know – That, that elementary school athlete will end up one day being le- leading their team in blocks. Mm-hmm. And so you just never know coming up. And so, um, you know, to answer your question, I guess in a short way is um, I think we do see programs that are successful being successful year in, year out, with maybe a dip once or twice mm-hmm. um, as other teams get better. Um, but, yeah, I think just like we we're seeing here between last year and this year, and, you know, we're only in the two ways, and mm-hmm. as we um, – you know, but actually, before we get to the one AD ones, my dark horse is going to be Bear Lake. Bear mm-hmm. Lake in, in my is my two way dark horse coming in. Um, I think they look pretty pretty poised to to make a pretty deep run in the state volleyball tournament. So going on to the one AD ones, it's always I love the small schools. Last year, Troy beat Ambrose School three yeah. zero. Um, you know, Deborah Blazard, Katie Clark um, of Valley. Um, She's coached her team to a spot where they're in a position uh, this year. The coaches pull. Troy comes back. They're 23-3, and three, number one, Valley number two. Genesee at three. Um, Grace at four. And Ambrose, who was in the championship last year, ranked number five. And so my dark horse this year is actually uh, Genesee, uh, coached by Pete Crowley. They're 24-7 and seven on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they are poised, even though they're third in, in the coaches poll, I think that they could actually – there may be more – of a of a light dark horse, yeah. they're not really a true dark horse. <laughs> I was gonna say twenty four and seven. It's a, a pretty good record it, for a dark horse. Exactly. You know, you look at Troy, like like you mentioned, twenty three and three. They're not. It's not too far off. Yeah. Um, and so you know, the one AD one is going to be pretty competitive this year. Yeah. And I mean, I uh, just graduated from the University of Idaho, and you know, Troy is just down the road from Moscow, and you know, that's about all you heard about Troy athletics was how good their volleyball team was. You know, right. for almost the whole time I was over at uh, at UI. So yeah, Troy is definitely my favorite to win the tournament this year. In the 1A Division II, the smallest division in Idaho, 2018, Horseshoe Bend over Salmon River 3-0. Now, what's interesting here is Horseshoe Bend is the only team that was in the finals last year that is not even in their classification tournament this year. Um, Salmon River, of course, is back. They're ranked number two in the state. Now, ranked number one, uh, a very good Water Springs team. Their, their football team came out as the number one team 
um, in their conference, and their volleyball team did the same, 28-2. and two. Uh, Robin King is doing a fantastic job at uh, Water Springs. Uh, it's a, a private school there in, in the Idaho Falls area, and coming out doing a fantastic job. Salmon River head coach Paula Tucker, she's also looking at, uh, at making a, a good run at a championship this year instead of coming out second. Yeah, and, and like you told me earlier, uh, was it the, her tallest team that she's ever coached right. before? Like, yeah, right. I mean, you don't want to just put it all up to, to physical ability, but hard to hard to beat a team that is towering over your right. opponent, you know? And their number one player, Chevelle Shepard, um, yeah. playing at College of Idaho, volleyball and basketball, had an injury, got uh, surgery, everything's going well, but she's going to be out for a little while. So we're, uh, you know, obviously we're rooting for her to come back soon and, mm-hmm. and help the Yotes. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, Dark Horse, Kendrick. 17 and 1. So again, you, you look at dark horses and yeah. go, what? Yeah, exactly. But 17 and 1, uh, the Kendrick Tigers, again, their football team uh, ranked number two in the state in the last media poll. Their volleyball team saying, hey, look at us mm-hmm. as well. We're heading in the tournament, one loss on the year, and uh, looking to make some noise in the 1AD2 ranks. So there's that. We have a kind of a rundown of the state volleyball tournament action going on, boy, all over the place. The uh, Five A's are going to be at Post Falls High School. The four A's at Coeur d'Alene High School. Three A's at Lake City. Mm-hmm. Uh, two A's at Lakeland. They're in Rathdrum, Idaho. The one AD ones in Lapway, and the one AD twos are going to be held in Lewiston. Now, one thing I, I, I did it a few years ago. I'm, I'm going to be doing it again. There's going to be a, a little quick fun facts write up on IdahoSports.com. I'm going to tease it just a little bit here. Um, it, it's always interesting to see. Uh, the tournaments that are held up north, uh, you know, the way Idaho is shaped and you are, uh, you, you consider yourself to be an expert in drawing the state of Idaho. Yes, I do. I'm very talented at it. <laughs> We're actually going to be uh, showing his, uh, his jack-o'-lantern carving skills. Yeah. Uh, well, it should be today since Halloween's tomorrow, right? That's right. We will, uh, we'll update our profile picture. So keep an eye out for that hot content coming your way. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hot content. I like that. We're going to go with that. And so, with the state of Idaho the way it is, the bulk of Idaho is on the bottom. And so during state volleyball, the bulk travels to the north. And, and looking at state volleyball, 48 teams coming into the tournament. 11 of them are in District 1-2, which is where those teams are being played, as, yeah. as Lewiston and Lapway are in District 2. Now, two of, those, two of those 11 are over 150 miles from their tournament location still including Clark Fork, that's 190 miles away. So even though they're in District 1-2, they're still a long ways away mm-hmm. from where they're going to be playing. Um, the other is Orofino, that's 152 miles. So, you know, uh, nine, out of those te- uh, nine out of 48 teams are still traveling a long way. Now, the 1A Division 1s are an interesting case as well, being played at Lapway, um, because they're 15 miles away from Lewiston. There's no hotels in Lapway. <laughs> so playing in Lapway, you have to commute every day 15 miles each way, so 30 miles round trip. Um, to and from Lapway from your hotel, mm-hmm. which is not figured into your um, reimbursement from the state at the end of the year after the tournament. And so uh, we're just going to, I'll just go over some numbers um, online, so make sure you pay attention to that. It should be up tomorrow morning um, as far as just kind of a little fun facts yeah. of, of distances being traveled by um, state volleyball. Uh, two more that I'm going to drop on you really quick, which is always fun, um, is that in the two-way division, there's actually two teams. Uh, Bear Lake and Malad, uh, they are traveling to Lakeland and Rathdrum in mm-hmm. North Idaho. And it is actually closer to drive to Las Vegas than it <laughs> is to travel where they are playing their state tournament. I think if you went to the Boosters midseason and say, hey, we want to go to a tournament in Las Vegas, you cool with that? 
they would go, heck no, we're not driving to Las Vegas for a tournament. Yeah, way too far. Yeah, but then state tournament comes around, and you're actually going to drive a few miles further. So it's always fun, always fun. State of Idaho is just, just the way the demographics are set up. It's always just fun to look at. So yeah. there we have uh, football. or uh, Yes, we have football. We have volleyball. Um, a lot of stuff still to talk about on idahosports.com. The PrepCast presented by Project Filter. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. My name is Lisa and I smoked for 16 years before I finally quit. When I was a smoker, I didn't want to do things that wouldn't allow me to smoke. I never went on a field trip with either one of my children. All the field trips to the zoo, I missed all of that because that little round stick was controlling so much of my life. Now I can do any of that stuff, it doesn't matter. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. Again, I'm Paul Kingsbury, and he is Brandon Hill. We talked some volleyball. Now we're going to talk some football, the opening rounds starting this weekend in Idaho. Yeah, the opening rounds feed the quarterfinals. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a few different things happening this year with the RPI being instituted in additional classifications, and, and we can talk about that uh, next, during next week's uh, PrepCast. Right now we're just going to do a quick rundown of the games being played this week, some of the matchups, and, uh, and, and talk about those. We're going to start in the 5As, the big boys. Last year, Rocky Mountain beat Highland 24-22 at BSU. And uh, we remember there was a little confusion there at the <laughs> end of the year about the, the wares and the, and the whys uh, eventually being played at BSU. It was a beautiful day. Ended up being a great game. Rocky Mountain over Highland by 2-24-22 this year. Rocky Mountain, they were number one all year long. Every media poll, every coach's poll, they had a big number one right next to them. I mean, yeah, when you string together, I think, what is it, 19 wins in a row since last year? It's a lot. Hard to, uh, hard to imagine anyone else taking that number one spot at this point. And what's been interesting in the 5As is that 2 through 5 has bounced around a little bit yeah. every week. You know, at first it was Rocky Mountain, Mountain View, 1-2, mm -hmm. 1-2. One, two, one, two. And then Mountain View, you know, would drop. They lost to Bora. Yeah. Um, Bora, you know, came out not really ranked too terribly high. Uh, Austin Bolt kind of changing the landscape of Bora and getting a lot of, you know, pub on that. And so Bora, you know, they, they tied uh, Rigby in the third spot, actually, in the, in the coaches poll this week. Mm -hmm. And in the final media poll that came out, uh, Bora's a solid number three, Mountain View four, Rigby five, and Coeur d'Alene number two. And Coeur d'Alene... Uh, wasn't there at all for a little while. Post Falls was on there for a little while. There was some talk about Post Falls being the team to beat. Yeah. They still might be um, the team to beat as they come out as the number two team out of the IEL up north. Um, they're hosting Timberline uh, Friday at 7 o'clock. Timberline was the uh, number 10 at large coming out of the 5A SIC. So Mountain View ended up being the, the three seed coming out of the 5A SIC. They're hosting Lake City, um, who came out up top. So Coeur d'Alene brought... Uh, the Coeur d'Alene area, the 5A IAL brought Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, and Post Falls. Um, the only one left home was Lewiston out mm -hmm. of the entire conference. So, you know, they could be well represented. Coeur d'Alene, the number one seed, they got a bye to the quarterfinals, as did Bora, Rocky Mountain, and Rigby. Uh, a, team to, a game to watch is Madison Highland, Brandon, and yes. Madison Highland played pretty darn recently. 
Yeah, and you know Highland was one of those teams that I was I was really hot on early in the year. You know, I think uh, everybody fin- always is. Yeah, <laughs> finishing the runner up last year, I was like, oh, you know, Highland's going to come back. They're going to be on a revenge tour in that state tournament, and then they dropped you know back to back games to end up to finish out the year. And I'm just like, you know, Highland, what's going on? What happened to you right? Know, drop those two very critical games and kind of lose that hot momentum you had going yeah. into the end of the season. Right. One was to Madison, yep. and then last week to Rigby, and it wasn't. It wasn't close. It was, you know, 32-13 yeah. to Rigby. And so, you know, but Highland, you know, Gino Mariani, the coach there, he's just – he's the man's man when it comes to coaching. And mm-hmm. so you can never count a Highland team out. But this year, there's a lot of teams that you look at and go, hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. The 5As are, are going to be very competitive coming into it. We'll talk about the games we're broadcasting um, at the very end of the segment, so make sure you stay tuned for that as we move along. So heading into the 4A classification, 4A's at the beginning of the year, um, I might have secretly told one or two people, you know what, there's always a classification that's, quote, down. Mm-hmm. And, and there's always, you know, if you're, the, if you're the shiniest turd in the bowl, good for <laughs> you, right? Well, 4A's completely surprised me. They ended up being a very competitive classification this yep. year, and I don't think anyone, well, unless you are from there, was more surprised in seeing what, what happened with CUNA. Um, you know, not a perennial powerhouse. Yeah. Um, they were supposed to be 4A they peti- or 5A. They petitioned to stay down. They're going to have to go back up next year. But as a 4A team right now, no one's been able to beat them this year. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you think about the Washington Nationals in the World Series being the, quote, team of destiny. I think CUNA Cavemen this year are the team of destiny. I have been so impressed with their play. Um, I'm actually putting together a story that'll be out before CUNA takes on Pocatello um, about, you know, what turned around in that locker room during the offseason, right. what head coach Blazer did, um, talk to Sean Austin. And, yeah, there's some interesting stories about that program and how they were able to get things really turned around and uh, head in the right direction. You know, coach Blazer came from Melba, just made, the, you know, basically a, a different way to, to drive to work, basically, is what happened with him. <laughs> as now he's at CUNA doing a great job, opened up the season with a win over Middleton. Middleton was projected to be, you know, one of the tops of the 4A SIC. Then they turned around and beat Nampa, yeah. um, you know, who played, uh, you know, last year, very good team. And then Ridgeview, Columbia, uh, Thunder Ridge came in, played him really well, and mm-hmm. then they beat Valley View. And then there was the big one on the year. Everyone yes. was waiting for it. The big rivalry, uh, and it could be the last time we see that rivalry for a while, is – over Bishop Kelly. They went into Bishop Kelly. I believe it was homecoming for the Knights. And they, uh, they basically 10 run them, uh, 48 yeah. to six. It, it went into, um, you know, running clock time yep. at the end of the game. And so, you know, Keno was pretty stoked after that. And then to finish the season against Emmett Caldwell, um, you know, Emmett scored 12 on him. Caldwell scored none. So heading into the first round of the playoffs against Pocatello, the cavemen are definitely riding high right now. Exactly. And, you know, uh, coach Blazer said, we treat every game like it's our Super Bowl. You know, no one ever wants to win the Super Bowl. Right. Or never, no one ever wants to lose the Super Bowl. Excuse right. me. Um, and <laughs> no so one wants to be the halftime show. Exactly. Of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah, I, the one thing that concerns me about CUNA is, you know, Blazer puts those high expectations on his team. Can they keep it up? You know, this is a, an unfamiliar territory for CUNA. Can they deal with that, that right. really bright spotlight in the state tournament? And, you know, I was wondering that after game two. Mm-hmm. You know, when they beat Middleton, beat Nampa, I thought, okay, all right, you know, did you peak a little too soon there? <laughs> but they just keep peaking. Yeah. And, and so coming into the state tournament, you know, it, it's very, uh, uh, very passe, but, uh, you know, injuries. Yeah. Stay healthy. 
You yes, know? exactly. And there's nothing worse as a as media guy to say, Coach, how do you think your team's going to be? Well, if we stay healthy. Well, yeah. no kidding. <laughs> but but with CUNA, it, it's true. You know, yeah. you, you stay healthy, you're going to make a, a run deep. But, of course, we can't forget about other teams in there. You know, Hillcrest beat BK last year 55-21. to 21. They're mm-hmm. back. As the number three seed out of District 6, Hillcrest, they're going to be playing at Jerome. We're going to be webcasting that one from Jerome. Uh, Middleton, um, by way of last week's loss to Valley View, has to travel up north to Moscow. We mentioned Cunis hosting Pocatello. Valley View won last week's game against Middleton, so they got to travel to Ravston Stadium in Idaho Falls. They'll be taking on number two's team out of District 6 skyline. Um, Century, and Century is one of those teams that, um, you know, Coach Hobson and I, you know, we've known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Call him Coach Q-Ball. Love the guy. <laughs> um, you know, he's hosting Nampa. And, and they came out. I might have voted them number one in the preseason. Um, they were looking good. You know, one or two key injuries coming back from that. Well, they came out as the number one seed in the, in the big four, um, District 4 or 5 conference. And they'll be taking on Nampa. That's actually, even though Nampa's coming out as the E seed, mm-hmm. um, I think that's actually going to be a really good matchup for Century and uh, kind of indicative of, of how they play that game, of how they're going to move forward in the playoffs. Bishop Kelly um, hosting Canyon Ridge, um, the, the D seed, the number four seed coming out of um, that four or five Great Basin Conference. Blackfoot hosting Sandpoint. Sandpoint has to drive a long way to play at Blackfoot. Yeah. And it's not going to be a warm welcome because it's going to be freaking freezing <laughs> at Blackfoot. It always is. It doesn't yeah. matter what time of year. I think they just have a 20-degree a, a bubble around the town. And so they'll be playing 6 o'clock at Blackfoot. And then Minico Preston um, coming in and playing at Minico at 7 o'clock. And that kind of rounds out the bottom of the bracket. And those teams will feed the quarterfinals um, heading into the tournament the week after that, uh, the weekend of 8th and ninth, going into it. So, you know, I think definitely as we talk, CUNIS, the number one, um, in everybody's hearts coming into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, gosh, there's, there's, you know, there's a skyline, there's a century. BK, yep. even though they lost to CUNA, you can never count a BK team out yeah, exactly. um, as you go into the playoffs. In Moscow, Moscow's one of those teams that no one's talked about. They're the number one seed coming out of the 4A IEL, mm-hmm. and they're playing Middleton. So that game is actually going to be interesting for me to watch. I've seen Middleton play a couple of times this year. I haven't seen the Bears play. And so, you know, are they as good as advertised? We're going to see um, yeah. on Friday night at 6 o'clock. Exactly. All right, let's head to the 3As, Brandon. 3As are always fun. Um, you know, you can't say 3A without Sugar Salem in any state tournament <laughs> exactly. in the state of Idaho. And uh, last year, Sugar Salem beat Homedale 30-22. to 22. I was there for that one. And uh, oh, nice. it was a great game at Middleton. It was a great, ugly, messy game. Mm-hmm. There were eight penalties. Um, you know, there were safeties, there were interceptions, fumbles, onside kick recoveries. I mean, <laughs> there was everything um, that, that happened. And then, you know, they were down 30 to 22. Or Homedale was down 30 to 22. Mason Kinchlow, you know, their stud running back, gets the ball, eight seconds left, and Sugar Salem stops him on about the one-yard line Ugh. where they, they could have potentially tied with the touchdown two-point conversion. And instead, uh, Sugar Salem comes away with a close, hard-fought victory. It was a fun game to watch. And, uh, and what's interesting is we could see it again, depending on how it's seated. So we've got three games in 3A this week, and then it's going to be seated. Um, all conference champions receive a bye into those quarterfinals, mm-hmm. and then the Idaho RPI will determine that quarterfinal seating. You can see those RPIs on idhsaa.org and see uh, kind of how those RPIs are looking right now. But the three games this week in the 3A, Fruitland at Kimberly, Fruitland, not the Fruitland we've seen in years past. Where, oh, definitely you know, not, yeah. For years and years, it was Fruitland-Shelley, 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 Shelley-Shelley. Back and forth they went. 
and and those days have, have kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. Um, and and seeing new blood is always nice. Fruitland coming out, not having the best season in school history by any stretch. They come out as the three seed, but you know, Weezer and Homedale also in that in that three uh, A SRV ranked you know one two three all year long. And so Fruitland coming in playing Kimberly number two seed in District Four. I'll actually be at that one with Logan Green. Teton traveling all the way to Kellogg um, up north, and then Weezer to Marsh Valley. We'll be webcasting that as well. And, and uh, Weezer Homedale last week, I thought would be a, a pretty good bellwether. Yeah. And then Homedale comes out and uh, and shows why they're basically ranked number two all year. Exactly. Yeah. So Sugar Salem comes in probably the favorite. Um, in, in the rankings, that's the way it's been. Sugar Salem, uh, number one, pretty much all year long. Homedale to Weezer, and then Timberlake and Gooding. Now, Timberlake's a team that is going to get, you know, by way of, of conference championship, they're going to get into that that first round of the, or the, the quarterfinals. And Timberlake's a team that I think is really poised to make some noise. And I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but I'm going <laughs> to copyright that. But they are they're a good team. They're 8-0, and they're – you know, they've been ranked four or five, you know, all year long because they're a North team and mm-hmm. no one really hears about them, unfortunately. And so Timberlake really could be that, that sleeping dog that, that gets woken up in the playoffs and really comes out and surprises some people. Yeah, no, definitely. I think they have yet maybe to play one of those important, you know, prove it games, the, the are they good games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, I definitely think that they're uh, one of the more underrated teams in three-day play. And Gooding at number five, they've kind of waffled back and forth as well. I was at, at their game at Weezer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we did that one. And they ended up losing to Weezer, but it was, it was an ugly game as well. So many penalties. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, penalties where there were six, seven strung in a row um, that you, you don't do yourself any favors when, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, fourth and 34 when you were, you know, by way of penalties. Yeah. And so, you know, cleaning things up, they've, they've looked really good since, you know, a, a team coached by Cameron Anderson can never be betted against so to speak they're eight and one and coming into the playoffs looking really really good and so it'll depend on on who they get um as their as their opponent after the RPI seeds them and so we'll be anxious to see um how soon those seeds come out um after the games are played this weekend hopefully um as soon as possible because everyone's going to be uh you know chomping at the bit to see what those matchups are going to be including us we, we can't yeah. do much of anything until we know what the matchups are yep all right, let's head to the two-way classification. And the two-ways play a lot of games this week. Um, and then the bracket's seated according to the Idaho RPI at the conclusion um, of these games. So Declo coming in, the number one team out of their conference. Yes. Of course, there's two teams in their conference. Um, you know, in years last year, you know, the last two years, they ran over everybody by way of Keegan Duncan. Um, Keegan Duncan, you know, committed to Boise State. Um, he changed his mind, now going to Utah State. Yeah. Um, is where he's going now, you know, two-time, uh, two-way player of the year. You lose that, and you kind of look and go, well, you know, what are they going to do this year? Yeah. And the rankings, you know, kind of look look that way because Decolo really wasn't included mm-hmm. uh, much of the year at all. Coaches' polls, um, media polls, um, they really didn't get many votes, yet here they are coming in looking pretty decent. Um, you know, last year they beat North Fremont 41-24 in the championship, and North Fremont was kind of the same way. They had a Garrett Hawks. Uh, you know, kind of their stud athlete, he's gone. And so everyone was looking at, you know, the one and two last year going, well, let's see how far they drop. Yeah. Well, here we are, North Fremont actually getting some first-place votes this year. They kind of held steady at number two, number one, behind McCall. And uh, the McCall-Donnelly Vandals 
Um, you know, head coach Lee Leslie up there, a, you know, a huge um, resume behind Coach yeah. Leslie, including CUNA at one point. Yep. Um, you know, he had stops at, uh, you know, minor league football, Hawaii, championship at uh, BK, you know, storied career. And now he's hanging out in the beautiful area of, <laughs> of McCall Donnelly. Oh, it must be rough. Yeah, it's, it's rough. You know, about 10 acres up there and loving <laughs> life. So, he, uh, so he's doing a great job at McCall. They're coming in ranked number one most of the year. In fact, I was voting McCall number one from the beginning. Yeah. And I remember getting a, a text from a certain media person in the state of Idaho one week and saying, hey, I think I'm going to jump on the McCall bandwagon. So, <laughs> well, good, good. It's about time because they're good. They're yeah. very good. But they're another one of those teams where you just don't know. Exactly. You don't know. Yeah, it's, and it's one of those teams where um, maybe they're, they're as good as they've been all year, but you don't know until they put together those, you know, eight, nine wins in a row. Right. And then kind of like CUNA, people start to pay attention the further and deeper they go into the season. Right. Whereas a team, you know, like North Fremont, people have kind of been hot on them for a, a majority of the year. Right. You know, they got Knudsen up there, the quarterback senior, uh, with the whole team behind him. And, and so it's going to be fun to watch those early ones. We have Ryrie at Westside. Um, Aberdeen at North Fremont. North Fremont, again, coming out as the number one seed in District 6. Firth at Bear Lake. That's tomorrow night at Holt Arena. Um, I'm actually going to be driving over there doing that one audio only. Um, so, yeah, tune in for that. I always love doing games solo. Good times all around there. Malad is driving all the way to McCall. Malad struggling this yeah. year, and so they got that at-large berth. Um, congratulations, you got the at-large. Uh, <laughs> now drive to McCall. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not a good consolation prize. Uh, Cole Valley the at-large in the 2AWIC. They're heading up to play Grangeville, and yeah. Grangeville was one of those teams as well that was, that was really hovering early on in, in the top of the 2A rankings. The final rankings, they got votes, mm -hmm. uh, but that's about it. Um, and, but Grangeville, one of those teams that could come out and surprise some people. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the Grangeville team is one of those where maybe people aren't paying attention to them as much as they should, and that they definitely have a lot more talent on their roster, and I think I mean, you can never count out Cole Valley. I always think that, you know, maybe yep. they're one of those teams that can surprise people getting that at-large bid. Yep. Um, so I think that's going to be one of my favorite games and one of the games to, to keep an eye on this you know, and, and I really thought Cole Valley would be a little more dominant this year. They got OBG, you know, this stud running back and, yeah. and doing a good job. And so going up, you never know what's going to happen. So Napa Christian plays conference rival Melba uh, Friday night, um, the, the D seed versus the, number, uh, the B seed. Napa Christian coming into Melba. And then the Grimms, New Plymouth. They travel to St. Mary's, and they'll be playing that 6 o'clock Pacific time against the Lumberjacks. And I've, I've done a, a, a couple of games up there at St. Mary's, and it's just a, it's a beautiful field. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's, there's a few fields in Idaho that are just so picturesque, and, and St. Mary's is one of those where you're just overlooking beautiful landscape. Um, and you're right there on the field, and the St. Mary's people are second to none. Class acts, um, I've sat inside their 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 fan section during state basketball doing games before i've sat with them doing football and so you know there's just over the years you make relationships with certain towns and mm -hmm. and and st mary's is one of those that you know there's just a uh, a special place in my heart so to speak <laughs> for a st mary's they're just they're good people yeah and they appreciate the coverage which is nice and, uh, and I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but they had fantastic biscuits and gravy. I was there <laughs> last year for my birthday. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. We were doing a game. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be fun to watch 2A, 3A, 4A, and 5A. But something we love here at IdahoSports.com is our eight-man football. And we have an expert in eight-man football on deck um, coming up after the break. We're going to talk some eight-man football with the 
Will Henneke, former uh, television personality here in the Treasure Valley, now working at the College of Idaho. And so he's just an all-around good guy, smart guy, and an eight-man football expert. We're going to have Will Henneke on right after break. You're listening to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. We'll be right back. This is something that's totally in all of our control, and that's what really motivated me to quit smoking. I quit for myself, but it was a good thing that I did because I had too much to lose. I'm glad that I quit, and I don't ever want to be there again. It's just not worth it. Each year, hundreds of Idahoans quit smoking. Get help or share your quit story. Visit projectfilter.org. Welcome back to the IdahoSports.com PrepCast, presented by our good friends at Project Filter. On the phone now, we've got our resident uh, eight-man football expert, Will Henneke. Will, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, we're starting football. We have state volleyball this week. It's a good week in high school sports. Yeah, plenty of going on, uh, not lacking for gym activity, that's for sure, or field activity, I guess. Or field. Now, Will, in, in eight-man football, you and I have done a lot of eight-man football games together over the years, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made a lot of road trips, put a lot of miles on the cars. And you have become, like I mentioned, the, the expert in eight-man football. And, and so we wanted to get you on, kind of talk about the 1A Division one, 1A Division two, the playoffs coming up, some of the teams to watch, and uh, and. and, and go along the way. So in 1A Division One, you know, right now we have most of the brackets set up. We're waiting on Clearwater Valley, Kamii, and Raft River, Oakley. But you look at this bracket, and, and like always, the last probably two, three, four years, it really is a who's who of typical eight-man teams coming into the tournament. It really is, and, I, and we say who's who somewhat ironically since this is the first year the Lost Rivers program has ever really existed. So. True. There might be some people, particularly in North Idaho, when they see Lost Rivers, they're like, who? Uh, but, uh, you know, the Butte County Mackey Co-op, uh, obviously a very good team. And I think a lot of people in eight-man circles are going to look at a potential final uh, of Lost Rivers and Prairie and say, man, that would be a heck of a football game. And I think it would be, but I think there are, uh, you know, six other six other teams in that bracket that are going to want to have a little say before they just start the uh, the coronation of, of Lost Rivers and Prairie. You know, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Lost Rivers individually, but you're right. They were very overlooked in the beginning of the year. They weren't even ranked in the in the initial polls. Uh, the media poll, uh, coaches poll, I'm not, I don't think they were either. And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, who's this Lost Rivers? In fact, I think the first week that they were voted in the poll, there were a lot of people going, wait, who's who's Lost Rivers? Where's this team come from? I mean, I didn't even know. I think you were the first one to tell me. I didn't even realize they had changed their names. I right. knew that uh, I knew a co-op was in the works over there uh, between the two schools, but I thought they were going to play under the Butte County heading. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think you were the one who said, yeah, did you hear about Lost Rivers? And I'm like, uh, I mean, <laughs> is that some man from Snowy River reference or right. what, what are we talking about here? Like, I didn't even know who they were. It's so like my family's favorite uh, yeah, I think movie it took I a little it. it took a little while for people to, to know who they were. Right. But, boy, they, when, once people started noticing, they, they didn't disappoint. I mean, they're coming in, you know, the number one seed out of 4-5-6, um, ranked number one the last couple of weeks, I believe. And, uh, and everybody's kind of really jumped on the Lost Rivers Pirates bandwagon. And heading into the state tournament, you know, you look at, like you mentioned, Prairie on the bottom side of the bracket, Lost Rivers at the top. You know, it, it would be a great matchup. But Oakley, 
they want to have something to say about that, Raft River. But then this year you've got Idaho City, and Idaho City's had some down years. Now they're coming back. They're yeah. the, the, the number one seed out of District 3, which is great. Wilder, the number two seed, I was at the game they played each other, I think, three weeks ago, where Idaho City absolutely destroyed them, um, which I wasn't expecting. I don't think a lot of people were expecting. Um, so, you know, all of these teams um, throughout the, the season have really kind of poked their head up and said, hey, don't forget about us. You know, we saw back at the beginning of the year, Paul, you and I were at that uh, that eight-man classic uh, at Middleton High School, and we saw Idaho City there, and we also saw Raft River and Valley and Genesee and Prairie. So, I mean, we saw a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the one thing that Idaho City did that, that I haven't seen a ton of eight-man teams do over the last couple of years, I think they really capture the essence uh, of their head coach, Jason Rover, really well. Right. If you're going to give them that five-yard fullback belly up the middle, they'll take that five-yard fullback belly up the middle, and they're not going to necessarily be in a hurry uh, to hit the the 80-yard home run. Though with guys like you know Juan McFarland, who I think is one of the most underrated players in, in eight-man football in Idaho this year, they're capable of hitting some of those home runs. And 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 of late, it looks like they've been able to throw the ball a little better with with Hunter Stunja, the quarterback, first-year mm-hmm. starter right. quarterback. And that really adds an element. If, if they're able to hit some downfield throws, whether it's to Quentin Turner uh, or to somebody else, if they're able to hit some of those seam passes to, you know, force a safety to stay maybe five, six, eight, ten yards off the line of scrimmage, that's just going to make that running game that much more effective. And you know, and, and their defense has been fine this year. So yeah, they're uh, they're a dark horse team. Um, I, I think a team that is really a dark horse team is, you know, you talk about the potlatch loggers from up north right. out of District 2, District 1 and 2 is, you know, two years ago, as of the 1st of August, they didn't know if they were going to have a football team. Yeah, right. You know, and then Ryan Ball comes in and says, you know, I'll take the job as the head coach, and, and here they are as the number two seed out of a very tough league, and, you know, they got a tough draw in Wilder, and then potentially whether it's whether it's Clearwater, Kamei, or Lost Rivers, a very tough second-round draw as well, but I don't think many people saw them coming at all. No, you know, especially no. from where they were two years ago. And, and and you know, we talked about Lost Rivers kind of coming in under the radar. Well, the North teams tend to do that as well. I mean, if you're from the North, probably not so much. But when the other, you know, eighty eighty five percent of the state is Southern, um, you don't hear much about what's going on up North. And so you see a Clearwater Valley and you see a Cameo. You know, Cameo used to be dominant in the two way ranks. Um, and as yep. as small towns get smaller and big towns get bigger, Kamei now 1A Division One, um, fighting for that one spot with Clearwater, you know, and, and Coach Whalen coming in and doing a heck of a job and turning around the fighting mm-hmm. Kriegers up there in uh, Clearwater Valley. That yep. it's you know it's going to be exciting to see who comes out with that that three spot, whether it's Clearwater or Kamei. Either one, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I mean, I think Prairie is has pretty clearly established that they're the class of. Uh, of that district sure. right now, but I mean, it's, it's eight man football things ebb and flow, uh, you know, over a two, three year window pretty easily. But you look at the rest of that conference, um, you know, Troy is a team that didn't make the playoffs this year that, that made big strides. Right. Uh, Genesee is a team that we know can play. I mean, that's, that's a tough league. And then you get into Clearwater and Kamei kind of duking it out for, uh, you know, that, that one spot in, in, uh, you know, district one slash two and, uh, remember, Clearwater Valley lost one of their best players. Bubba Summers, an all-state caliber player, transferred. Uh, uh, his family moved, and he transferred down to Clark, and he's playing at Clark Water Springs this year. So, right. you know, they've overcome a lot. And if you've never been up to the Kooski area, um, you know, tell tell Brandon, tell your, your guy Brandon, your right-hand man there, he you, needs to make 
up there. I mean, that is a beautiful, beautiful area, period. Uh, and I'm You're actually telling him right now. He's, he's on. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he's been kind of quiet over there. <laughs> it's kind of like Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It, it's, it's, it's phenomenal up there. In fact, um, you know, I mentioned the fighting Kriegers up there. Colby Krieger, the AD, um, up there. I, we've, we were friends on Facebook, and he's, been, he's actually been putting up some drone shots um, of the area up there, and it's, it's phenomenal. You know, I, I look out the window oh, here and, in CUNA. I love CUNA, but you know what? I would be very, very, very happy if I was looking out my window at, you know, pine trees with a million acres of, of you know, uh, wilderness behind it. But, yeah, it's beautiful up there. You're you know, right. the, best part, the best part about living in CUNA is you have a great view of, of Homedale, Fruitland, <laughs> Emmett, and Mountain Home all from the same spot. Don't forget Melba. Um, but, yeah. And Melba. And and Melba, yes. yes. And Greenleaf. Uh, yeah, you, you get up there to North Idaho, the trees, the hills, the right. mountains, it's the rivers and lakes. It's, right. it, it's awesome. And, and people who've never been up there, and we're not talking rivalries. We're not talking football. We're just talking go. Right. You know, just go up there and enjoy it. It's yep. amazing. Now, Clearwater Valley got that number three spot last year, lost to Valley in the opening round. Um, and, of course, Oakley and Valley played for the championship. Valley won in a great one, 42-40, to 40, um, to become the 1A Division One champions last year. And we could very well, you know, see a, a close matchup again as, as the bracket actually looks pretty good as far as top to bottom. It's not really stacked, so to speak, where you have yeah. pretty quality teams on both sides, which is always nice to see. Yeah, we saw Raft River early, and they struggled a little bit in that game. But, I mean, I think that was more of a matchup thing than anything. That was a tough matchup for them. But, you know, Oakley, they returned a lot of players from that team last year. And I know that one of their their key players, Josh Nyman, has been in and out of the lineup Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, He did not play against Lost Rivers in that game, which I think was a one-score game, if I'm not mistaken, when those two played. So, you know, let's let's not write the horns off by any stretch of the imagination or, or the Trojans. You know, Coach Evans and the Trojans, as you know, there were people telling us that day, Paul, as, as I'm sure you remember this, people were saying, hey, what we saw today from Raft River, they're not going to look anything like that in about a month. Right. Give them about a month, and we'll be talking about them again. And sure enough, here they are. Well, and, and those games were, were they end of August? Were they first of September? I can't remember. It was first week of September. First week. Yeah. And so it was hot. It was muggy. It was. You're ugh. never going to see the, the same team. In fact, I remember on the sideline, you mentioned hot and muggy. They were literally, you know, you always talk about drinking pickle juice for cramps. There were cramps everywhere. <laughs> Early season, they yep. were actually squirting bottles of mustard in their mouths well, to fight cramps. And yeah. I'm like, you know, if you threw that on a hot dog, I might do that. But I wouldn't just throw that <laughs> mustard straight down my, my gullet. There's just no way. <laughs> that, that is a little bit different. Although, uh, you know, I wanted to do some sort of a, a Dijon mustard, one of those, <laughs> Does uh, that help more? you know, two yeah two limousines pull up next to next to each other right do you have any gray poupon but uh, <laughs> unfortunately that did not happen that day well 1ad1 let's watch out for it as we go along you can keep up on that bracket and uh, the games in idaho sports let's move to the smallest division in the state of idaho 1a division two and those games are set um but they don't have an extra week like 1ad1 does and opening week this week we have lighthouse versus camas rockland versus dietrich Kendrick versus Salmon River, Lewis County versus Garden Valley, Water Springs versus Murtaugh, Cary versus North Gem. There's some t- some names, Will, that are very familiar in the playoffs and some that we haven't seen before, and one in particular uh, that's not in the, in the same position they usually are, and that's Salmon River. They're the, they were the three-seed uh, three three seed coming out of District 3, and uh, they're not uh, – you know, Salmon River is used to being, hey, we're top dog, you have to beat us, and coming now is the number three team – 
little bit uh, different to see. Well, and they're going to have to take on a Kendrick team that has been a, a little bit of a wounded animal this year. I mean, yeah. they've just put up stupid numbers most of the year, and <laughs> some of it has been done without their quarterback. Alex Snevy's been out some. Cooper Hewitt, one of the better players in 1A Division Two, and just an explosive ball carrier. He's missed time with an injury. Uh, you know, if Zane Hobart's crew is at full speed, uh, you know, come this, this weekend, yeah. you know, look out. Look out whoever they face. They're right. going to be – they're going to be a really, really tough out. And, and Salmon River, the, uh, you know, they, they lost a really good senior class last year. They so did. I think most people knew that there would be a bit of a regression. Um, but, you know, credit to Ty Medley and, and his kids yep. for, for, you know, fighting their way into the playoffs. And, um, you know, as a, a friend used to tell me all the time, it's, uh, it's better to be the ugliest kid at the dance than the prettiest person left at home. So <laughs> true. You know, credit Sam and River for that. And I'm <laughs> by no means I'm not calling them ugly, but yeah, I'll, I'll let, I'll let the fans decide that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would. You know, it's it's better to be there than to be sure. that that really good five win team sitting at home. Yep. Now you talk about Kendrick and and throughout the year in the media polls, it was really pretty straightforward most of the year with Lighthouse at one, Carey is two, and then Kendrick popped up. In, in the mix and Kendrick worked their way all the way up to number two in the media poll this week. And they actually got a first place vote. So, you know, six and one on the season right now coming in and um, actually, excuse me, take that back. They're seven and one. Um, they did get that first place vote this week and, uh, and they're looking, you know, like they could be the prettiest girl in the ball in about three weeks. Yeah. And, and that one loss was to Prairie who we've already talked about. And that was a game that they played, without Hewitt and without Snevy. So that was a you know, that was a that was a Asterisk tall order there. with your yeah. best team on the field and they did not have their best team on the field that day. So right. yeah, I mean they're they're legit. And I think Lighthouse Christian is legit. I mean that's basically they've got the entire team that they had back from last year back again yeah. and Kerry, you know, Lane Kirkland, what what do they do in Kerry? They just they they, they breed football players and yep. they have thirty of them out there when there are two and three A teams that would love to have thirty kids and right. they win football games. You yeah. know, they're just, those are, you know, those are, those are, I think, the teams that everybody has kind of had in their mind all year. This is my one, this is my two, and this is my three in whatever order. And I think people are justified in believing that. I think that there's a reason those three teams have kind of drifted to the top and have, for the most part, stayed there most of the year. You know, in last year's championship in the 1AD2s was carry over Lighthouse in a close one, 26 to 20. And so those eight-man games last year were, were exciting games. And then we have Carey and Lighthouse coming back this year at one and, and two, depending on the poll you look at. So it's, uh, it's going to be a fun tournament. But as you look into it some more, you see some other faces. You have Rockland. You have Camas County, Will. You have Camas County coming mm-hmm. out as the East the District 4. The Mushers. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, yep. I, I haven't done my research on this as well as I should. But you don't see Camas County on a tournament bracket too terribly often. Um, and if you do, uh, you know, it's – they're looking up at Lighthouse Christian, that first matchup. They're playing actually tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And uh, yeah. it, it, that's, it's going to be interesting to see if the, if the Mushers can come out and, and compete. You never want to be that D or E team coming out of District 4 because you're going to be playing a bully. You're going to be yeah, playing a, right. a, a big horse. Now, um, you know, the afternoon start time, I mean, Camus pretty much always plays during the day. You know, they've got one of the cooler little settings for – uh, a football game up there in Fairfield that you'll find in Idaho. I really like that venue, but it's going to be tough. I mean, Lighthouse Christian, they're loaded. Holloway, Silva, yeah. uh, you know, you go up and down the list. They, they've, they're loaded for bear. And right. 
Uh, there are a couple other teams in this bracket that I think are loaded for bear. I mean, Horseshoe Bend, we'll mm-hmm. talk about them, I'm assuming, coming up at some point. Boy, they have, you know, Coach Elliott, the job he's done with them this year has been phenomenal. But you mentioned teams that we don't see too much. You know, Lewis County, first time since, what was it, 2005 been that while. they've been in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, and, and you look at that district, the District 2 uh, White Pine, it's for the past several years, it's been the Kendrick and Deary show. Oh, so for them yeah. to, for, for Lewis County to kind of punch through and uh, get in there and, you know, they had a young man, Brandon Nelson, who had seven rushing touchdowns last week. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's good times down there in the, the greater uh, Craig Montanez purse area is, is they'll get a chance to play postseason football. Right. You know, and we've got, you mentioned Garden Valley, number two team coming out. Uh, Murtaugh also in their North Gem. Now, one team, though, that you mentioned during the 1A Division One talk was Water Springs. The Water Springs coming out, mm-hmm. the number one seed coming out of District 5-6, looking, looking extremely tough. They have played really well down the stretch, and they're one of those teams. It's a, uh, you know, it's a team. We don't hear a whole lot about the, the Division Two teams from eastern Idaho because it's really, it's been a while since one of them has really made a splash. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's pretty much always been, uh, you know, a school from the Twin Falls area or a school from the Moscow area up north. That's or Salmon River, I guess, you know, one of those teams, it's pretty much, that's where they've been. That's where the power in, in district or division two has lied. Um, but you know, they're, they're a good team. You know, Matt Almgren has had a great year, uh, you know, carrying the football for, uh, you know, for Clark and water Springs. And we mentioned Bubba Summers already. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's one of those programs where if you pull those two schools apart, neither of them may play. Right. Oh, you know, exactly. they may not need, they may not be able to field a team individually. But you put them together, you know, they're, they're a pretty good team. And, and you know, you're, you're going to have to kind of keep an eye on them. You know, they, they might be a team that could be primed to make a little bit of a move. You know, talking about teams that could be pulled apart and won't play if they're not together, let's go back to Lost Rivers and the 1AD1s. And Sagey Wood um, wrote a great article this week uh, on idolsports.com. Uh, the undefeated Lost Rivers on the hunt for the 2019 championship. Um, and, and it's a great overview of kind of how this team came to be and and kind of what they've gone through as a program but on the flip side it also talks about what might happen to them next year uh, where they petitioned it was denied and so there you know there's a few different uh, ways this program could go will and some of them don't look too pretty no it's it's tough because you know i think we know that if if the two schools are forced to separate on the football field, I think we know that Mackey won't be playing football. Right. Um, and you know Butte County can stay one A Division one at that point, and they'll you know they'll probably be pretty good with Sam Thorngren, the head coach there, and uh, you know a good program and a good base of kids there. So they'll still be there. They'll still be tough. Um, you know, getting pushed up to two A, it sounds like the easy thing to do, but you know and. and you know, I don't have a Butte County roster in front of me, but from what I understand, it's not like they're sitting there in carry territory where they've got 30 kids on their roster. I mean, maybe right. they do. Um, but, you know, you go up, especially over there, and, and you play a two-man schedule where you could be playing teams like, you know, Declo, to, to name one. And, you know, go down the list. A lot of the power in 2A and 3A lies on that side of the state. Uh, and that's, you know, if, if you're trying to play those teams eight, nine weeks over the course of the season with 18 kids, 16 kids, um, you know, it's, and it's not even so much of a win-loss thing. It's, it's, a, it's a player safety issue. You know, if, if we're getting, 
if we're getting players hurt, if we're getting kids hurt because they just don't have enough bodies to hang at that level, that could be another one of those uh, potentially, you know, ugly outcomes that you're talking about there. You know, and their roster actually pulled it up while we're talking. And the Lost Rivers Pirates, Lost River Pirates roster has uh, almost right at 40 kids on the roster. And so it's not oh, a it's okay. Not well, a that's tiny a little roster. better then. Um, you know, looking at it, and there's there's a few seniors, but they actually have a lot of youth. There's a lot of freshmen included in that. So we're talking. Okay. This is a combined. It looks like JV varsity type of look, um, okay. where you know most. Well, of the that time, changes my perspective a little bit. Then, honestly. well, it does a little bit. But um, you know, if you've got a lot of freshmen on your team, and especially if your seniors are your studs, they leave. You know, your freshmen are now sophomores. You're still looking at a, a you know maybe a two three year uh, road to hoe. Uh, before you get kind of get back to where you were yeah potentially but you know some would say that's just the ebb and flow of of, of football in general yep. you know two val two years ago tri-valley was playing for the state championship this year i don't know if they won a game you know that's just right. kind of how things uh, especially in smaller communities smaller right. districts you know those those communities like carry that are or or you know salmon river and riggins um, or to that matter, Kendrick up north that seem to be able to do it year after year. Mm-hmm. Those are the exception. Those aren't the rule because you know you can graduate one or two kids, and your team could go from six and two to two and six just based on those particular kids. Pretty easily, right? Um, that's why it's that, that's why it's hard to judge. You know, people can talk about this coach stinks, this team stinks, whatever. It's it's so hard to judge because right. you just don't know. And it seems like the small communities are getting smaller. Um, so your pool of your pool of possible players uh, is also getting smaller and right. smaller. I remember talking to uh, Doug uh, Naparella, the head coach slash AD up at Kootenai, who didn't play this year. Uh, I was getting ready to write their preview for the IdahoSports.com football preview, and he said, "Yeah, we're not having a team this year. We think we'll have them. We think we'll have one next year, but we don't have one this year." And he goes, uh, "You know, we just we didn't have any freshman boys," and I'm thinking, "Oh man, that's." That's that's tough not to have any boys turn out. And he said, no, not they didn't not turn out. We don't have any. You know, the entire freshman class was apparently girls. Um, and you know, if you just don't have the bodies, you know, it. I don't want to say it doesn't matter uh, because obviously it does. You you still go out and you still compete and still do your best. But you know, if, if you've only got you know like Cascade the last few years, they've been hovering at right around nine, ten, maybe eleven kids. That's a, it right. doesn't matter how good your coach is. It doesn't matter how good your support is. It doesn't matter how great your town is. If you just don't have many kids to choose from, it's, it's tough. Right. It's really tough. You know, and, and to put that decision on Butte County of, you know what, do we, do we you know, kick Mackey to the curb and stay 1AD1, or do we you know, bring them on like we did this year? It's, you know, Brandon and I were talking about it yesterday, and, and it was really you know, no good deed goes unpunished. You know, they're really trying to bring these kids on to allow them to play. And, uh, and yeah. in the beginning of the year, uh, you know, I had heard some grumbling um, on, on the back channels about, you know, Butte County needed some positions filled. Um, and but when they decided to bring Mackey on, um, those few players, they, they filled some holes that, that Butte County needed. Was, it wasn't intentional. It was just, hey, come play with us. Hey, you have players that, that mm-hmm. we can use. You know, and, and I, I just don't think there would be so much grumbling if Lost Rivers wasn't as good as they are. You know, I think people only well, complain when, when, when they think there's a disadvantage. You know, like you mentioned some others. You know, you've got Lewis County. You've got um, Tri-Valley, all these other teams at co-op. 
Well, there's no grumbling about about them this year, um, and there really mm-hmm. wasn't before. But all of a sudden, there's a lot of grumbling about you know those two teams because they happened to complement each other really well and made a good team this year. Well, and and Mackey Mackey was a playoff team last year, as I recall. Right. So I think no matter where they went, if if they would have opted if they would have opted to co-op with Chalice, who they co-op with for baseball, uh, if if Mackey would have co-opted with Chalice for football. I guarantee you Chalice's football team wouldn't have gone winless. Right. You know, they would have been a much different football team. There were some, there were some good players coming over, but with that said, and and I think, you know, Sam Thorngren said this maybe in the article or maybe separate from the article. It's, it's not like they just said, okay, we'll take number 11, number 25 and number 52. The rest of you can just go away. Mm -hmm. It was, it was come on down and play. Let's, let's go. Let's, let's strap it up and, and let's get after it. and Let's go win some football games. And, Right. I don't think that there's a small town in Idaho or even in the country um, that would not want its own team. You know, there's a certain sure. right. You're a New yeah. Plymouth guy. You get it. You know, you don't want to be New Plymouth slash Payette. You want to be New Plymouth. Oh um, gosh, no. I'm sure <laughs> Midvale. I'm sure Midvale would love to have its own team. Right. I'm sure Clark County would love to have its own team. Yep. You know, and uh, I bet you Mullen and St. Regis would love to be able to to separate and play their own schedules. But right. when your option is co-op or nothing, I think it's an easy choice. Well, if if, if the choice is in the best interest of the student athletes, then yes, that's the choice. I'm not a fan of of Butte County basically being put in the position of, uh, hey, do what's right for the kids and be punished or be selfish and it turns out better for you. That, that that's that's a no win proposition for for a team and a program right am i wrong there yeah yeah i think that's fair no i think that's i think that's a fair assessment i'd agree with that yeah and, and sam in the story too said he was really frustrated because in their petition that was eventually denied um the state said well you have enough for a 1a program and sam says yeah we know that's the point we want to bring on these other uh, four to six you know kids from Mackey that just want to play ball and yeah it must be a really frustrating position to be in as a head coach right Right, head coach, athletic director, everybody. I'm sure there's a, a lot of discussion going on, and and I'm sure right now they're they're just you know waiting to see how their team finishes and and hope they bring home a state title as a as a co-op, and every, that's what everybody wants to do, bring home that blue trophy, right? Yeah, and and here would be another one to your point of you know we're talking about this because of uh, the Lost River record um, when when Kootenai realized they couldn't field a team they were able to quickly get a co-op approved uh, so any players that they wanted to play could go play at Wallace. Um, And, you know, I'm saying this flippantly, but you don't hear anyone talking about that. Right. Um, Right. Because Wallace did not have a, did not have a great year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there were only, you know, one or two kids that went and, you know, the season for Wallace didn't go well, period. But to your, to your point, you're right. It's kind of a danged if you do danged, if you don't, Um, you can do the right thing and still get vilified for it. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, th- I think it's all just a matter of perspective. I've been you know, worried 21 years, Will. Think? I know all about that. <laughs> Do the right thing, still get in trouble. <laughs> you and me both, my friend. <laughs> you and me both. Well, Will, I appreciate you taking the time and joining us here on the Autosports.com PrepCast. Talk a little eight-man football. I'd like to make this kind of a regular thing over the next three to four weeks at the state tournament if you're up for it. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. All right. Well, thank you, Will Henneke. We're going to take a quick break. And be right back with the conclusion of the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. We'll be right back. My name is Lisa, and I smoked for 16 years before I finally quit. When I was a smoker, I didn't want to do things that wouldn't allow me to smoke. 
I never went on a field trip with either one of my children. All the field trips to the zoo, I missed all of that because that little round stick was controlling so much of my life. Now I can do any of that stuff, it doesn't matter. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Thank you, Will Henneke, for joining us and uh, imparting your knowledge about eight-man football. We look forward to talking with him again as we get deeper into the playoffs. A couple more things we want to do here on the PrepCast before we say so long, and that's talk a little bit more about some of the new things that we, we started on at Idaho Sports last year with more editorial content, features, stories, write-ups, um, and that's Brandon's wheelhouse. As our content editor, he's the guy that plans that, organizes it, assigns it, writes it, puts it up, um, does everything for that. Um, so I'm going to let Brandon talk about kind of the features, stories that we're, we're looking at and kind of the game plan for our coverage moving forward. Yeah, so um, up before the, uh, the upcoming 4A playoffs begin, uh, we're going to be publishing uh, my story on CUNA football and kind of that improbable, incredible turnaround that happened inside that locker room, inside that program. Talked to the head coach, talked to a couple athletes, um, got some interesting stories from them, um, giving me kind of an insight on what happened in the offseason to kind of change the culture around CUNA from being one of those, you know, mid-level programs to being, you know, undefeated in 2019. Right. Um, from some of our other writers, we have a, a profile on Austin Bolt coming up. That'll be published before Bora takes the field in the playoffs. Um, Austin Bolt, one of those guys where you're just like, how is this guy so good at so many different things? Right. Just an all-around amazing athlete. Um, and so our guy, Jamie Vinnick, up in North Idaho, talked to Austin Bolt um, about, you know, what's been going on his, with his year. You know, I talked a little bit of football, a um, little bit of Bora Lions storylines. And then he also did a story on uh, Tanoi Togiai, whose name I've had to work incredibly <laughs> hard to get right. But, um, yeah, so we got those two stories coming out, hopefully before the, uh, the playoffs get underway. Um, so keep an eye out on those. Um, and then kind of transitioning into the winter sports, we got the girls' and boys' basketball previews coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, girls' basketball previews will be online uh, November 8th. Hopefully we can get all of them in by that point. Yes. And then the uh, the boys basketball previews online November 22nd. So keep an eye out for those. Um, if you see your local high school basketball coach walking the halls around school or walking around town, tell them to check their inbox because they definitely have an email <laughs> from IdahoSports.com. Hey, coach, have you sent in your form yet? Exactly. Get on them because we want to preview as many teams as possible. Um, we're putting together conference previews and then inside those conference previews, a little bio on each individual team. Um, and here at Idaho Sports, we like to be as inclusive as possible. We want every team around the state. Um, so make sure if you see your coach, get on them. Make sure they, uh, they get back to us. Absolutely. And, and as we go along, there'll be different features coming in uh, during the week as, as we find out uh, and learn of story ideas and things we can assign. So, Brandon, if someone wants to give a story idea to you, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, you can send me an email directly at brandon at idahosports.com. Or um, you can always tag us at Idaho Sports. Um, our uh, DMs are always open, so just send us any kind of interesting story ideas. If you see anything on social media, you know, send it our way. Um, we can't always promise that we'll do a story on it because we are kind of spread thin here. But you know, we're always looking for different ideas, and you know, we want as many ideas as possible, and we want as many voices to be heard as possible. Uh, like Paul said earlier, with volleyball coverage, you know, having people send us story ideas, having coaches, you know, nominate their athletes for athlete of the week. Um, is a really, really helpful thing. Um, so if you see anything, if you hear anything, let us know, um, and we'll look into it. Yeah, and, that, and that big deal of the week you just alluded to, that's something we do. It's presented by Albertsons. 
And what we like to do is present that to a, a student athlete every week. And it's not always the one that had the best stats. It's not always the one that stood out that week. It's just an all-around good student athlete, yeah. um, well-rounded. And, uh, and we do, you do a nice uh, question-answer with them, a nice feature. And then they get a $100 gift card from Albertsons, <laughs> which, you know, anybody, anybody's happy to get that. Yeah, so, you know, if you have an athlete in mind that you think deserves to be nominated as a big deal, uh, make sure to tag them on Twitter, tag them on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Send them our way, um, and we will ask them a couple questions and get that gift card in the mail. All right, before we lose everybody that was listening to the PrepCast, let's kind of go over this weekend's game streams, the games that we're doing, as well as the assignments. Uh, Thursday, as I mentioned, I'll be flying solo at Holt Arena for Bear Lake versus Firth. You can catch the audio-only broadcast at 7 p.m. Middleton at Moscow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Jamie Vinnick also flying solo um, up there at Bear Stadium. Sandpoint at Blackfoot. That is 6 o'clock on Friday. Sagey Wood and Braden Spaulding on the call there. Hillcrest to Jerome. It is Scott Burton and crew, Jay Osler on color, and Alondra Garcia on camera for that one. Fruitland at Kimberly, that's me, and Logan Green is going to meet me there. I'm going to spend the night in Pocatello and then make a quick drive to Kimberly and do Fruitland uh, at Kimberly, 7 o'clock Friday. Pocatello at CUNA, uh, Sven Alskog, Josh Byers. Right now it's scheduled to be audio as of 3 o'clock on Wednesday, <laughs> uh, but is not sure if they're going to have their new Pixelot camera up and working. If they do, it'll be audio. If they don't, We'll do video. Uh, and so it's kind of a wait and see. We're waiting to hear back from Athletic Director Dave Beamer, who's frantically trying to uh, get that working there. Uh, Weezer at Marsh Valley, Alec Pope and Junior Gonzalez, a name you might be familiar with over uh, from South Fremont. Actually, both those names, Alec Pope and Junior Gonzalez, uh, both working for the IdahoSports.com broadcast uh, team now. Skyline at Valley View. I'm sorry, Skyline versus Valley View at Holt. Lauren Jensen. He's playing solo as well, and he's got a doubleheader Friday night. Skyline Valley View and Century Nampa, two really big games at Holt Arena Friday night. And last but definitely not least, Lake City coming down from Coeur d'Alene to play Mountain View in the opening round, 7 o'clock at Mountain View. It will be an audio-only broadcast as well. So as these games are done, we'll be looking at next week's games, seeing where we can be, what we can do. And so we should have games up on the broadcast schedule uh, by Monday, hopefully, yeah. uh, Monday, Monday afternoon. As soon as we uh, know things uh, officially, that's when we start putting things together. So also one more thing, and that's the picks contest. Congratulations to Tyler Coronado for winning the regular season game picks. He won 50 bucks. Congratulations to him. Uh, weekly tournament picks. So every week of the tournament, including this week, uh, the winner gets 25 bucks, And the overall season winner gets 100 bucks. Brandon. And oh, I, don't, I think you put in picks one week. And I think it was because Sven put them in on that computer and, <laughs> and it was still logged in as you. So we need to get you in on the picks next year. All right. Um, my picks, you need to scroll down. Your finger might actually cramp because you're scrolling down so far <laughs> to see where I'm at. I, I never get close in the picks. So the winner gets 100 bucks and bragging rights, of course. And so stay tuned uh, for that. Make sure you go to idosports.com, get your picks in. Don't forget to check out the action photo galleries as well. We've got the best photographers in the state working for us, and they work really hard to uh, get to as many games as they can. A lot from state soccer. They're going to be at state volleyball as well as state football. So make sure you check out those action photo galleries. Well, it's been fun. The idosports.com prep cast presented by Project Filter is in the books. We'll be back next week with another one as we move into the quarterfinals and recap state volleyball. Whew. It's been a good one. We're going to see you next week. I'm Paul Kingsbury for Brandon Hill and for everybody behind the scenes here at idosports.com. We'll see you next time.